This week in the parish of exchanges and market structure, Hong Kong exchanges planning a carbon market while EEX is endeavouring to add more data transparency to hydrogen, Miami exchanges win patent whitewash, Zagreb increases its Macedonian stake, and in the daily newsletter of the Bourse Business, it's time for Buck Rogers. We're in the 25th century of our daily newsletter. My name is Patrick L. Young. Welcome to the Bourse Business Weekly Digest. It's the Exchange Invest Weekly Podcast, episode 152. Good day, ladies and gentlemen. This is a very brief reduction of highlights amongst the key headlines from the week in market structure. All the analysis of the many events and happenings from the past seven days can be found in Exchange Invest's daily subscriber newsletter, the unique guide to the bourse business sent daily to your inbox. More details at exchangeinvest.com. Leading our stories this week, The EEX, the European Energy Exchange, they're developing hydrogen market transparency alongside Tyco Solutions. Meanwhile, the Chinese tycoon, known as Big Shot in local commodity circles in the Chinese market, his bet broke the nickel market. And according to the South China Morning Post last week, that bet, while doing a great deal of damage to the nickel market itself and indeed the reputation, at least in the short term, of the London Metals Exchange, well, he's managed to walk away a billionaire despite taking a $1 billion loss. Miami Exchanges, they are celebrating Miami International Holdings, won their patent case against NASDAQ. All asserted patents invalidated and patent claims permanently dismissed with prejudice. It's a big win for MIAX, particularly as it eyes an IPO. One wonders where their preferred listing venue is. Over in India, well, the plot gets thicker and thicker. In the same week that we produced a very interesting article, you can catch it on Medium and LinkedIn, all about the leading fines that have been applied to the major actors in the ongoing holy hoax fiasco, it turns out there's more. More investigations, that is. The CBI, that's the Indian Fraud Squad, they are probing suspected phone tapping of stock exchange employees that went back over some eight years. Former Mumbai Police Commissioner Sanjay Pandey is also embroiled in the latest spiral of the NSE's descent into a place where even most political organisations look more credible. In the mainstream co-location case, the CBI, the... Bureau of Investigation of India, they've opposed Anand Subramanian's bail. Meanwhile, the CBI are also going to be questioning former CEO Chitra Ramkrishna in that phone-tapping case. Over in Sri Lanka, the SEC there, they're calling for RFPs for the building of a CCP, a central counterparty clearing system. Cooperation in the Middle East, Bahrain Bourse and Abu Dhabi Securities Exchange have launched Tadabul, The Tadabul Exchange Hub will be providing all manner of information and related services in order to try and link investors between Bahrain and Abu Dhabi. 
Brexit news this week, obviously overshadowed by the electoral hustings for the UK Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, standing down there. And as Alistair Haynes, the CEO of Aquas Exchange, notes this week, my concern is the financial services and markets bill will not be passed before the summer recess of Parliament. There's clearly a concern as the UK really needs an outbreak of government. And right now we see a situation where many, including the loony Ramoner fringes, think they can undo Brexit. That's leading to fear, uncertainty and doubt once again, which is way more dangerous than whatever the Financial Services and Markets Bill can involve. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly. We welcome your feedback. You can contact me directly, patrick at derivativesvision.com with any comments. Meanwhile, if you enjoyed this show, we would welcome you giving us a thumbs up. Or if you have time, a positive review will always be welcome wherever you find this podcast. It was a busy week for new markets in the Exchange Parish. All the information was in Exchange Invest Daily the water cooler of the bourse business. The newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. For the sake of this podcast, let's look at some edited highlights. Exciting news from Hong Kong. The Hong Kong exchanges are looking to launch the Hong Kong International Carbon Market Council. And that council is going to therefore lead to a carbon marketplace presumably from Hong Kong, the SAR, extending into the Greater Bay Area. Exciting partners there, their global carbon market will include HSBC, ANZ and Tencent. Over in India, great news, a third power exchange has launched, the Hindustan Power Exchange, backed by the Bombay Stock Exchange, BSE, and PTC commenced operations during the course of the week. There's only one daily news source for the business of bourses, Exchange Invest, the exchange of information. Exchange Invest publishes the daily digest of everything in the market structure industry around the world in a user-friendly email briefing format from Monday to Friday. With additional pith by former Exchange CEO and long-standing fintech pioneer Patrick L. Young, yes, that's me, Exchange Invest is the unique one-stop shop for the daily news in markets, market operators and related functions. Exchange Invest is available to subscribers at $200 per user per year or currency equivalent. You can get more details at exchangeinvest.com or email me, patrick at derivativesvision.com. Meanwhile, it was a busy week for deals in the parish. Of course, all the deals were in Exchange Invest Daily, the newsletter no person can afford to be without in capital markets and market structure. Edited highlights this week. Well, eToro, their attempt to drop themselves into a SPAC has fallen through. Online investment platform eToro and blank check company FinTech Acquisition Corp 5 have pulled the plug on their planned $10.4 billion SPAC deal. Elsewhere, Finalis, a technology platform for dealmakers, announced a sizable seed funding round, a fairly spectacular $10.7 million for the US-based technology platform. Zagreb Stock Exchange, hot on the heels of news that they were allowed to increase their stake in the Macedonian Stock Exchange. They have acquired additional shares and they now hold 21.99%, thus becoming the largest shareholder in the Macedonian Stock Exchange. Finally, this week in Deals News over in Argentina, Matba Rofex, they've acquired the Argentine fintech Lumina Americas. If you're looking for some more insights into just what's going to be happening in the future of the world of fintech, 
Then, pick up a copy of my latest book, Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency and the Fintech World. 20 years on from the excitement of the original Fintech bestseller Capital Market Revolution, it's time to look at some of these loose strands which have been hanging around and need a spot of perspective. Whether you are an exchange parishioner, a financial professional, a Fintech professional or anybody just trying to stay abreast of where technology is now driving investments in finance. Victory or Death, Blockchain, Cryptocurrency at the Fintech World is published by DV Books and is distributed by Ingram Worldwide. Meanwhile, while you're waiting for your copy of Victory or Death to arrive, check out our live stream. That's Tuesday, 6pm London, 1pm New York time, the IPO video live show. Catch the back episodes on LinkedIn and YouTube via IPO-vid. Our last show included the brilliant John Kim discussing CBDC and the future of money from his position as Chief Strategy Officer and Co-Founder of Movement, a specialist provider of CBDC know-how and software. Next week, we're looking forward to the excitement of discussing the financial Cold War with author and former Vice President of Hong Kong Exchanges, James Falk. In crypto land, the crypto exchange Bitstamp, well, they had a fabulous volta face during the course of this week. One day they said they were going to be charging inactive accounts a fee starting August the 1st. Within 24 hours, that had been turned over. They cancelled plans to charge inactivity fees. If nothing else, this tells us, ladies and gentlemen, of the desperation of crypto exchanges to cover their costs as income dwindles during the ongoing deep freeze of crypto winter. Talking of crypto winter, I'm not sure I'm entirely confident when I hear things like, well, there was a headline this week in Yahoo Finance, Insider reveals Huobi's global operations are stable in spite of market rumours. Not really sure that's going to necessarily help deliver greater confidence, although I must admit I have no idea what is the financial state of Huobi Global and I'm certainly not about to cast aspersions on their balance sheet. Meanwhile, a lot more news from Reuters, also reported in Coindesk, Cointelegraph and across the crypto media. Binance failed to deliver on money laundering prevention promises. And indeed, according to those Reuters articles, Binance allegedly continued to serve Iranian customers, despite a ban and sanctions. Product news this week, the Warsaw Stock Exchange, they want to tokenize physical art. Those are going to be fungible tokens, not NFTs. Meta, meanwhile, they've given up on their great currency expansion. They're going to be shutting down the Novi wallet, which reminds us all the dot-com bubble peak was where Microsoft, remember them, they still have, well, some legacy installations across the world of IT. They were rumoured, Microsoft, at the peak of the dot-com bubble to be looking at banking. Now it appears Facebook have all but entirely withdrawn from their plan to engage with the future of money. Elsewhere, LCH, Equity Clear SA and Paris, they've gone live with their new value at risk margin model for cash equities. Technology news this week, a hacker, one hacker, claims to have stolen a billion records of Chinese citizens from the police. That's quite a spectacular number when you think about it. There are only about 5 billion people online. So in one fell swoop, apparently somewhere in the region of 20% of every person who's on the interweb in the entire planet has their records in the hands of one group of nefarious hackers. 
Over at Six, the Swiss Digital Exchange, they've announced a collaboration with Fireblocks to provide institutional-grade infrastructure services for regulated intermediaries and institutional investors. Meanwhile, Archax, they're partnering with Metaco to expand their institutional digital asset custody offering on IBM Cloud. A lot of people have been worried in the European Union about the settlement discipline regime recently. That's why Clearstream have launched their data solutions to deploy some very swift and clever AI to predict settlement failures and foster settlement efficiency. What an excellent idea. And finally this week in deals, ING, the bank, they've spun out their Pictor digital assets technology to GMAX Group. Regulation news this week, ESMA, they've been updating on their third country CCP applications for recognition. After some delays, the EU is back looking at equivalents for CCPs and Argentina, Colombia, Russia, Taiwan, Thailand and Turkey, for different reasons, need to reapply. Albeit in a note to Moscow, whatever you do, it won't matter because the Ukraine invasion trumps sound clearing practice. However, Chile, China, Indonesia, Israel and Malaysia are all on their way to equivalence, which of course raises the obvious protectionist hypocrisy of how, for example, China, without a freely tradable currency, is equivalent forever, whereas the UK, the home of the world's largest, most cosmopolitan financial centre in the city of London, is in a last chance three-year deal. The European Union degrades its credibility with such juvenile acts and probably doesn't help encourage investor confidence in the EU currency, which has again reached parity with the US dollar as I record this podcast. Career Paths News this week. Very interesting news coming out of Hong Kong, and that's Ashley Alder, who only relatively recently announced a new term as the boss of the SFC, the Security and Futures Commission of Hong Kong, their financial regulator. He is going to be moving to the UK to become the chairman of the UK regulator, the FCA, while he maintains his chairmanship of IOSCO, the International Securities Regulatory Body. That's quite a surprise to hear him moving so soon, and it's going to be a very, very interesting period of tenure as he tries to reorganise and get the FCA, which has been somewhat discredited of late, back into a more shipshape fashion. Speaking of shipshape fashion, the AFR had an excellent Chanticleer column this week from Tony Boyd. They were discussing the unusually high executive churn at the Australian market monopolist. Helen Lofthouse is going to be taking over from Dominic Stevens on August the 1st as the first female CEO of the ASX. And already she's now seeking to fill three key positions. CFO, Group Executive of Listings and Group Executive of Markets. Okay, fair enough. The Group Executive of Markets position is the one currently occupied by Helen Lofthouse herself. And therefore she is being promoted to CEO. But at the same time, when we look back on what is now the Closing curtain of the Dominic Stevens era of morphing the ASX into a self-described technology company. That involved quite extreme executive turnover and, as the AFR puts it, a significant loss of corporate memory. The fact that the incoming CEO Lofthouse's one big policy admitted to so far seems to be attaching herself to the sinking chess ship as it drains 50 to 100 million Australian dollars per annum in capex makes it hard to feel optimistic about the Australian stock monopoly. 
Have we reached the point where ASIC needs to shift gears and embrace the competitors, as India did when Bombay Stock Exchange was stuck in its long ralentando 25 years ago? Back out there in big world, I found a fascinating statistic the other day. According to Chain Analysis, some $3.2 billion in cryptocurrency was stolen from exchanges and DeFi apps during 2021. That amounts to 100 times the total of all US bank robberies, according to the FBI. Of course, with the recent crypto bubble bursting, Ketri's Paribus, the good news is we're on target to have only 40 times as much crypto theft as US bank robbery proceeds during the course of 2022. And on that mysterious and magnificent note, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick L. Young, creator, builder and advisor to and of Exchanges the World Over and publisher of Exchange Invest, the daily bourse business newsletter. I wish you all a great week in blockchain, life and markets. This show relates to the business of bourses. It is not to be construed as investment advice, nor are we making any investment recommendations. Please consult an investment advisor before you make any investments, and for goodness sake, do your due diligence and do not make investments without complying with the regulations in your home state. Exchange Invest cannot be held responsible for any investment decisions made as a result of our program, which is for entertainment purposes only. The material herein is copyright Patrick L. Young at the date of publication, while our music and sound effects are sourced from copyright-free sources. Thanks for listening to Exchange Invest Weekly, the exchange of information.